We implemented AI and machine learning three years ago before it was the hype. And this is sure we've adapted with the chat advances, but in this, it's a, it's a constant reminder for everyone that yes, we've got to digitize. We've got to advance while keeping it very, very human. Excited today to speak with someone I've known for a couple of years, at least now. And I think we had talked about doing a podcast for some time and someone who has his own now successful podcast as well. And that is Andrew Jernigan. And he is the founder and CEO of Insured Nomads. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. It's, it's really good to be here with you. And what a great event this has been. Do you want to mention a little bit about what you're, you're doing with Insured Nomads? You know, in, in the space of the shifting global workforce, Insured Nomads has, has built health comprehensive health insurance for the modern company. Those are you know covering your local employees in over 186 countries, covering the cross-border individuals, the expats, or those who are free to live and work anywhere. So that's with comprehensive health insurance that we've built, as well as short-term or supplemental plans for those who are taking it more from a hybrid approach. And with this, this is, you know, it's a blend of insurtech, fintech, travel tech. Uh, components to bring in something that is not just applying the the relevant technologies, but humanizing that digital experience to a whole new degree. And so it's you know it's it's fun to join you today. There's a lot happening. Can you maybe explain a little bit more about your business model and kind of how you've been able to create this uh, blanket and of coverage in so many places? Uh, yes, that is. Since this has been a product that hasn't existed before, it is through the superpower of our financial capacity provider. We've we've come at it from an MGU MGA model, and then with either fronting partners and um, in different regulated territories, it has been complex. But it's something that's needed because the workforce has been shifting over the last few decades, and now the spotlight is on it. But yet, uh, within our space, that financing of healthcare, it's it is needed. The fintech components, you know, the making it easy, integrating that MasterCard so it can be payment of care can be at the point of point of care rather than pay and chase. So yeah, it's through the the transfer of the risk through our capacity partner in in most of the world, and and that is through a division of Allianz. And so that's it's nice to be able to have the A-rated uh, capacity provider behind us with that, that has just really championed what we've been able to build in tandem with them. How have you tried to have that experience or what, what didn't work in the, that, that you tried to fix? We're used to being able to order something from our phone so quickly, whether it's food delivery or ordering furniture. Now you can, you can order many things from your phone, but yet, uh, there's app fatigue. Getting someone to download another app, you need to utilize that, you know, especially for insurance, which they feel like they're not really going to utilize. It's necessary, but are they really going to file a claim? Are they, you know, are they the one in a million that's going to have something happen to them? So uh, let's just download that app if it's needed. So there's there's that obstacle that we have to face within our industry is is that fatigue and and getting people captivated, involved in it, so that it's, you know. No, not gamification, even though it's a, it's a thing of how do you, how do you get increased utilization? So that's been one of the things where we've brought in a lot of our non-insured features so that people see the benefits of downloading it and utilizing it, if that, even if they don't get ill or injured before needing to, before wanting to use some of those features. Uh, the Another layer to that, though, is that, you know, embedded or uh, connected 
is often necessary, needed. You need to connect with the ecosystems, payroll systems, different things like that. But the world has faced the problem of not having deaf talent or being able to pay and hire at the rising cost of deaf talent. So you get a, a queue at a, a waiting line in the roadmap for deployment. So moving from API only from when we first started to, okay, can we provide just a snippet of code that anyone can copy and paste into a process? Embedded has to shift to work with what the partner has capacity to fulfill. Those are the couple of things we've learned from along the way. And I think have some things to learn as the world evolves with it as as well. And so in terms of your your distribution model and uh, embedding yourself in places, um, you know, how, do, how does that work? And is that something that has evolved over time or have you have an idea and, and, and just been able to kind of follow through and execute on it? It's, it has evolved and I believe will continue to as more and more companies decide to, to integrate. IMA is, is one of those distribution partners that embedded Newfront, another one of our partners, is, is really pushing embedded and advanced distribution methods rather than the, the old RFP and an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, in everyone's format that you've got to work, pull the data from. But you don't want to tell them, okay, put your data in our format of an Excel spreadsheet. Redo your own. So it's, it's a strange thing. Those are, I just cited two of the leading B2B brokerage firms that that's the yeah. primary distribution channel for us. Embedded is, is a portion. Whether you're, we're embedded in within Founders Card or or travel apps, but when you're talking about health insurance, you're still going through a, a benefits broker, employee benefits leader, and center of excellence. Yeah. Many times, there is a small direct consumer base now because, of course, everyone thinks they're the expert. So, so we've got to think outside the traditional to think. Okay, it's it's going to come through a progressive partner or through a non-traditional means of influence in today's way of communication. And did you start with the health insurance and the travel insurance, or did you start with one and evolve to the other, number one? And then second part of that question is, how are those businesses similar and how are they different? Uh, radically different. And on how we started health, since this product hasn't existed, that's been the longest build. We didn't start with that. We started building that, yes. Got a beta, beta product out and then transitioned this year into our comprehensive health insurance for for the, for the modern company. Now, travel insurance is a very easy, antiquated product. No underwriting, quick purchase, but needs the parametric, needs a lot of, of change for um, for how the consumer expects it to work today. And it was originally designed for a trip and people are using it for four months to live in Europe now. That's not how that product was intended. So that's that's got a shift in how it's actually serviced and delivered. So those are a couple of the things of how it started and how it's yeah. went and how it's, they're very unique because you've got somebody that travel insurance utilization is radically low and inexpensive. It's a broken arm. If anything, occasionally you have the catastrophic, you know, the, the, large event, but it's, it's even more rare health insurance. You've got someone diagnosed with cancer and they're going to continue as a customer. They're going to give birth to a child overseas or, or in their home country. And that can be costly or just, you know, need, need glasses or contacts. And it's, it's not that emergency situation. It's life. The integration of, of networks, 
partnerships and ease of use is much more vital. You know, when starting a business from scratch, planning to keep it fully remote, asynchronous in the way you described, did you develop those principles based on your past experience? Did you work with, you know, someone else to say, all right, this is kind of our our vision, this is our mission, these are our core values, and this is how those kind of will play through in terms of how we lead this business on a remote basis? Yeah, I have worked internationally uh, and remotely for a number of years, and so I've had extensive experience in it, but I believe being a constant student, uh, because we, we all make mistakes daily, being able to see those and be authentic and vulnerable and, and uh to say, okay, how do we how do we want to build our company? As each one is is building here, it's it's a different mindset, and uh, it's to be lean, agile. You know, the a friend of mine, Eric Reese, that wrote the the book, the the lean startup, as I highly recommend that because being able to iterate and and start fresh and say, okay, I can learn from from how I did it last time and do it differently this time, and then just repeat. It's go again. Yeah. So it's it's that willingness to be a constant student and you know, process of improvement. I believe that is is essential. Would you have any advice for someone who might be thinking about starting a, a business, you know, multinationally versus just focusing on a single market to start? Yeah, two things: localization, keyword, something to to really um, be intentional with understanding the culture of the people in each place. I I would say look into the an endeavor that Google had year, a few years back called the Aristotle Project. Uh, if if that's one thing to pull out of this is when you're looking at, at going cross border, look at the Aristotle Project data, the reports and application there. The other is uh, work from a place of, of empathy and compassion. Okay. So project oriented at times task oriented that and forget that time zones and and processes are different as we cross boundaries and and uh practices in other places those are i would think that the two top recommendations and what what's been your approach to technology in building this business and how did you you know did you did you identify a particular technical co-founder or um, have a certain philosophy as to how you would use technology to support the business? Yes, technology first. This is a passion of mine that we're growing at rapid paces and our industry has been notoriously slow in adapting. So this is just one of the highest priorities as a company. We implemented AI and machine learning three years ago before it was the hype. And this is sure we've adapted with the chat advances but in this, it's a, it's a constant reminder for everyone that, yes, we've got to digitize. We've got to advance while keeping it very, very human. So uh, before we finish up today, anything about just your general thoughts on the industry that you'd like to share before before we uh, hit time here? Yeah, it's, since you asked about and you know, anything I'd like to share about Insured Nomads, again, I, you know, insurednomads.com or around the, any social media network, I'd love for you to reach out to, to me directly or other team members. I've benefited, and I think we all can, in being willing to be available and help those on the journey. I spent some time in Charlotte at the FinTech and SureTech Generations conferences 
uh, recently, and and some of the executives say though these their willingness to pour into other founders that have that are twenty years behind them in the in the journey. It's one thing I would, I throw out there: be willing to mentor, be willing to take a call, be willing to give a call to push someone else along the road. All right, great. Well, um, Andrew Jernigan, founder and CEO of Insured Nomads. It's been great speaking with you. Best of luck going forward, and look forward to. Uh, seeing your continued progress. Thanks for that, Josh.